Have you ever had to wear more than one hat? I remember teaching confirmation. My children were in my confirmation class, and they said, well, what should we call you? Should we call you pastor or dad? I said, call me reverend. No. <laughs> ever have to wear more than one hat? And maybe, maybe you serve on a committee, and you're a chair, and yet you're a relative of someone there. Maybe uh, you have a friend who's a doctor, and you go to that doctor. Do you call him by the first name? You call them doctor. Last week I went to the Ohio State Toledo game and I was sitting with some, some members of my former congregation. They said, I'm not sure what to call you, Pastor or Kurt. I said, well, since we're at the Toledo game, you can call me sir. No, I said Kurt. You call me Kurt. You ever had to wear more than one hat in your life? Pastor, father, parent, teacher, doctor, and friend. You ever been in that situation? One of my favorite artists is Amy Grant and she sings the song Hats. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Why do I have to wear so many things on my head hats? One day I'm a mother, one day I'm a lover. What am I supposed to do? Hats. Working for a living, all because I'm driven to be the very best for you. Hats. She talks about the stress of wearing different hats. I'm an employee. I'm a mother. I'm a grandfather. I work at the same place where I have relatives. I have to wear different hats. So talking about hats, sometimes we have different roles. And for us believers in Jesus Christ, we live in two kingdoms. For us children of God, we live in two kingdoms. We live in what would be called, uh, we call it the church and state. Now notice, friends in Christ, this is not a sermon on politics. My only advice for you when it comes to politics is vote your conscience. I'll say it again. If you want me to talk to you about politics, I will vote your what? The rest is on you. I'm not here to talk to you about politics. Today's message is about those two institutions that God had, the church and the state. St. Augustine, that great theologian from Africa, said there's two cities for us believers. One is the heavenly city, that's our eternal home, and the other is the earthly city, that's the city that we live in. It's also known as the church and the state. Martin Luther called it the right-hand and left-hand kingdom. The heavenly right-hand kingdom, the city of God, the earthly kingdom, the kingdom of the left, or the state. We live in those two kingdoms at the same time. Are you familiar with Sir Winston Churchill? Do you know who I'm referring to? The great hero of World War II? Do you know who I'm talking about? The one who replaced the more tolerant Chamberlain who said, peace in our times. Remember how that worked out, right? Peace in our times. Sir Winston Churchill. Now, have you ever been to Washington, D.C.? If you haven't been to Washington, D.C., go to Washington, D.C., and I recommend taking the double bus tour because a double-deck bus tour will take you to 42 stops around Washington, D.C. You can get out, spend as much time, and go back to the same place, the next bus will pick you up. But one of the places we went by when we were in Washington, D.C., uh, where, where, the, where the embassies, where ambassadors met uh, from different nations around the world, and they all had a place, they had an embassy in Washington, D.C., various countries, um, uh, like Saudi Arabia and Germany and Spain and France and England and Morocco in South Africa, and literally their ambassadors are there, and they, they speak for their country. Well, if you go to the English embassy, it's sort of a unique and beautiful thing. There's England's embassy in the United States, and in front of it, not right in front of the building, but in front of their lot is a statue of Winston Churchill. So you, you picture that in your mind? And what's beautiful about it is that Winston Churchill has his foot on the ba- has his back foot on the property of the English embassy, but his front foot is in the United States. And that's a gesture of kindness from the United States to Sir Winston Churchill in England 
for what he did for America during World War II. He has seen as graciously being a citizen of what? Both kingdoms. You're a citizen of England at the same time you're a citizen of the United States. He has feet in both kingdoms. So friends in Christ, we're citizens of two kingdoms. The heavenly kingdom and the earthly kingdom. Now Jesus said this. Can you all read the verse with me? Then give to Caesar... Okay, so the Pharisees were trying to trap Jesus about the whole thing of who do you worship, who do you, and who should we give allegiance to. And Jesus said, hand me a coin. He says, whose inscription on his coin? And someone said, Caesar. He said, render unto Caesar what belongs to Caesar and give to God what belongs to God. And I know a lot of people are saying, oh, I know that's about giving money. Well, no, not really. Jesus is recognizing both institutions. He's recognizing Caesar's authority and the authority of the church. He separates the church from the what? state. There are those two kingdoms that you and I live in. So are the two kingdoms? God rules and blesses through two divine institutions with differing functions. The church and the state. Let's talk about the church. That's God's right-hand kingdom. That's the city of God. The church is governed by the word. Any decisions that we make here at St. John's is governed by what? What does the Bible say? What does Scripture say? It's a norm and source and basis of all our teaching. We're governed by the Word. We're called the church. Members who believe in Jesus Christ, you're members of the church. It's in heavenly kingdom. Uh, it's God's right hand. It's a heavenly kingdom, and it's eternal. The church will go on forever, whether on earth or in heaven. For us believers, we have an eternal kingdom. It's driven by the what? Yeah, the Holy Spirit leads us. Holy Spirit leads us to be kind and caring and generous and faithful and spirit-driven. What else about the church? It deals with the soul. In the German language, the word for pastor is the seelsorger, a physician of the soul. Yes, I'm concerned about your body. I'm concerned about your economic welfare. But I'm primarily concerned about your what? So is your soul disturbed? Are you concerned about your salvation? Do you feel away from God. The church deals with the soul. What else about the church? It's guided by the word and deals with eternal life and the church brings community forgiveness and grace. That's what the church does. That's a kingdom we live on. Let's talk about the other kingdom, the left-hand kingdom. Left-hand kingdom is governed by the what? Now what I mean by that? Well, don't do the crime if you can't do the what? You get it. You ever get a speeding ticket? I can't relate to that. But if you get a speeding ticket, God forgives you, but you still have to go to where? The courthouse. The church, the state doesn't deal with things by grace. You break the law, you pay the fine. No offense, you mess with the bull, you get their mind. Okay. Church is governed by the sword. Even St. Paul says the government bears the sword for a very good thing. Uh, it's a civil authority. It deals with civil things, speed limits, pay, taxes, regulations. Yesterday, what, what do we have here in defiance? It was a rib fest, right? Well, they blocked off blocks, and there was police there, and he had to drive around. There were certain rules. That's the state. Um, it's God's left hand. It's a worldly kingdom. It only lasts as long as the earth goes on. It's worldly. It deals with worldly things. It's temporal. It doesn't last forever. Friends in Christ, there will be no government in heaven. Somebody said, thank God. And there will be no marriage in heaven, and a few people say, thank God. Those are earthly institutions. They only exist on earth. Same with government. There will not be popes and princes and kings in heaven. Christ himself is the Lamb of God, is the light. What else? It's law-driven. 
You break this, you pay the fine. Uh, we have two dogs. Every, by January 9th, we have to have, or I believe January 31st, we have to have a new dog license or you pay a what? A fine. It's driven by law. You don't go to speed them, you pay a what? Fine. Yeah, the government is not about grace and forgiveness. The church is, but not the government. The government's driven by the law. And these are complementary. Friends in Christ are not hostile to each other. Some people have the idea that, that, that somehow the, 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 the church and the state, were, the church and government were opposed to each other. Well, no, not really. We're supposed to be complementary to each other. Uh, two weeks ago, I came into the South Lobby, walked into the South Lobby, and there was a police officer there from Defiance. He was looking for me. No, no, he wasn't. Okay. And so he introduced himself to me. I said, can I help you? He said, yeah, I'm just here to, to get to know your facility. He said, go to your school. And so I took the father and went to the school. Actually, the defiance police officer was here for our safety and well-being. You see, the church and state complement each other. The church, the state provides security for the church and the school. And we as a church provide godly, respectful citizens. The police protect us, and we give the police honor and respect. They are complementary to each other. Martin Luther said this, Anytime you buy a loaf of bread, a loaf of bread should have the government seal on it because if you're able to grow a loaf of bread, you're able to grow the wheat, that means the government's providing peace for your nation. The church and state are complementary to each other. We're not hostile to each other. And friends in Christ, we live in the eternal kingdom where there's mercy and grace in eternal life so that we can serve the earthly kingdom. Why do we come to church? So we can bless the outside world. Why am I forgiven and given grace? That I might be a light to those outside. Do you hear the words to the hymn, the last hymn we sung before the sermon? Lord, give me eyes to see the needs of those out there. For Christ himself left the heavenly kingdom that he might come where? To the earthly kingdom and bless us. The church exists for others. The heavenly kingdom exists for the earthly kingdom. Now, I want to take you back to Amos. Who's Amos? Amos is a prophet who lived like 700 years before Christ. And Israel was idolatrous, which meant they had other gods. Idolatry is a make-believe god. Idolatry is a god found outside of the scripture. Idolatry is spiritual adultery. And so Israel was following um, false gods. But in Amos' day, they're also a theocracy. Do you know what a theocracy is? A theocracy is when the church and state are one. The church runs the state and the state runs the church. So Pastor Muse would be mayor. The county commissioner would teach confirmation classes. Lutheran school teachers would run the county courthouse. Police officers would lead services. The church and state are what? One. They function together. There are about 45 theocracies in our world today, mostly from what religion? Can you guess? Islam. Most Islamic nations are theocracies. The church and state are what? One. Jesus separated the two. The church and state are both godly institutions. Martin Luther says that princes don't make good priests and bishops don't make good governors. They don't belong together. They both have very good functions. So in Amos' day, in Amos' day, there were corrupt leaders. Have things changed much? And <laughs> I'm just kidding. Their leaders neither offered godly advice, they were bad at the church issue, and they didn't assist with national problems, bad at the state issues. They're corrupt leaders in Amos' day. And too many people put their trust in the worldly kingdom and government, not who? 
God. Friends in Christ, our government might protect us from nuclear war. Our government might protect us from terrorists. Our government might protect us from evil people. But the government can't forgive your sins. The government cannot give you eternal life. The government can't do that. The government does certain good things, but it cannot give us everything. And so Amos speaks out about this corrupt government, and I'd like you to read it with me. Go ahead. Woe to you, you corrupt leaders. Woe to you who do a bad job at running the church and state. But then the promise comes here. To whom and for whom the nation of Israel comes. And who comes for Israel and from Israel, say it. Whose picture? So let's talk about kingdoms. Let's talk about dynasties. For David's house, King David's house is one of brick and mortar. Solomon built a temple that was torn down in 586 B.C. And, but God's house is what? And Christ is that house. Matter of fact, Jesus said this about his house. Jesus writes this. Can you read it with me? So our hope and faith is in the house of Christ, who death cannot keep who came back to life, who rose again for you and for I. That's our eternal house who forgives you and I. So you and I, we live in both kingdoms. For us believers, we're in the heavenly kingdom. For all of us, we live in the earthly kingdom. We're citizens of both. We live godly lives in both kingdoms and serve both kingdoms. We're a godly member of both those kingdoms. And this is true for our church. This is true for our school and true for all of us. Until the day our Lord calls us out of this earthly kingdom, only into his heavenly kingdom. So how about this for a closing thought? Can you all read it with me? Us not in rulers, they are but mortal. Earthborn they are and soon decay. Vain are their counsels at life's last portal. When the dark grave engulfs their prey, since mortals can no help afford Place all your trust in Christ our Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. And citizens of both kingdoms, all God's people say...